think since he did the phone thing, mm. um, that doesn't really happen anymore. Yeah. Okay. Um, hmm. Yeah, so we don't really have an intro bit, and I mean, I guess I could say hi and welcome to Shack Funk and blah blah blah, uh, but... No, that's lame. Who yeah. would do that? No, that's that's for the old episodes when we <clears throat> actually gave enough of a shit to put effort into the show. Um, I I put effort into this show. Do you know how much effort it takes to like actually talk to somebody? Yeah, oh uh, yeah, yeah. And it takes effort to watch, you know, however many hours of things we've decided we have to watch that week on top of everything oh, yeah. else that has to be done in the week. Yeah, like th- this past week, we actually kind of went crazy. <laughs> mm. <clears throat> Let's see what we watched: uh, a twenty-two episode show, which is like eight hours. Yeah. Um, two movies, which is like four more hours, and then like almost all of Dragon Ball Z: A Bridge, which is probably like another four hours. I was about to ask if there was uh, what was the second movie, but yeah, no. If the second movie was the Psychopath movie, I didn't watch the movie. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. But um we do already know because of <clears throat> the media box that Eugene has seen at least part of Psychopaths. So um I guess we can just go full spoilers cuz our only confirmed audience member. I mean, I yeah, I'm sure some some people <laughs> who have listened in the past are still listening, but the only person who Hi, I know is listening week to week is Eugene and he has already seen the show. So um we we don't really have to dance around spoilers that much. Although I guess I, I guess it would probably be good to go over some kind of plot summary before um, no getting into that spoilers. Thing. Masaoka dies at the end. Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> the, the show makes me angry in the way that stuff like A Clockwork Orange and Craven's Last Hunt made me angry, and I feel bad about that because it's Brent's favorite show. But but yeah. Eh. <laughs> I've I've long grown over the fear that people I like won't like the things I like. Mm. Like that happens that happens so often that it it's it's cool. Just um, enjoy the things you enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Because the the one thing I've learned doing this with you for a while is that we don't actually like a lot of the same things, other other than like superhero shit. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's just roll with it. Uh, so where do we begin with, with this? Um, well, first, I first try to do we have like to explain non- parallel universes. Oh, wait, was there okay. a parallel universe thing in this? Or no, are we talking about I was Loki? Just, I was just memeing. I haven't watched Loki yet. Oh, I wanted to, okay. but I didn't have time. Okay. Yeah. We can do that next time. Yeah, lo- some crazy shit. It's like every episode is just more crazy shit happening in Loki. Yeah, like I I saw before I deleted Twitter mm. again. Yeah. Um I saw Thanos Copper Thanos Copter trending on Twitter, so I assume that's a Loki thing. Yeah, it's like a background detail. It doesn't have any plot significance, but oh. it's just, it's a fun <laughs> easter egg uh that the Thanos Copter shows up. That's hilarious. Yeah. I, I I definitely appreciate that because, as you know, because um, I was on this show, uh, <laughs> my biggest gripe with the game is that it did not include Thanos Copter. Mm. 
Yeah, and now we know that it didn't include that because it got sent through time to another point in time. And exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, did you see the advertisement for Free Guy where Deadpool and Korg are hanging out in Korg's apartment? Yes, Thus I did. officially putting Deadpool in the MCU. <clears throat> He's living yeah, in Asgard, I guess. Um, that's... That's a weird situation, and I don't want to think about it too much. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's Deadpool. <laughs> You're not supposed to think about anything too much. And also, um, that movie looks like it could either be like really entertaining or extremely cringy. Mm. Yeah. Like, oh look, video game humor that might have been funny in like 2007. <laughs> yeah, it's the kind of movie that I will probably rent when it comes out, and then if I like it, either go ahead and buy it, or wait until like a Black Friday sale when it's two bucks and then buy it. Yeah. <clears throat> it just seems like, like video game like media is always like two generations of consoles behind. Yeah. Yeah, and like it, it doesn't have a strong They're just sense. getting the GTA 4. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Yeah, like in um, Wreck-It Ralph 2 and some of their ideas of what online video games look like. And it's like, what kind of you know free-to-play car racing game has this expansive of a world in it? Um, happy for, Wheels. Yeah, for anyone who actually <laughs> watched and remembers Wreck-It Ralph... Uh, Ralph breaks the internet. That movie from a few wait, years ago that just like wait, went he does in one eyeball and out the other. Uh, yeah, he kind of breaks the internet. I mean, uh, long story short, he becomes his kind of um, clinginess about uh, Vanellope and wanting to protect her and stuff becomes like a virus <clears throat> that is just going around smashing everything. So he breaks the internet <laughs> until he learns to get over himself. He breaks the internet by being a cuck. Yeah, <laughs> a white, For a, a white biting cuck. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the internet for you—just creepy things about young um, girls and women. Yeah. Well, so I mean, there. I guess she's she may not actually be a she's like a child in form, but probably a lot older than that considering how old all those arcade games are so yeah it's it's like I mean, anime she's, girl she, she's sarah silverman she's been around the block a few times I'm yeah sure. i mean she she is a <laughs> dragon who's taken the form of a tiny girl wait 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 i is that a thing uh, it's a thing in fire emblem oh <laughs> That Fire Emblem has, like, half-naked new girl children characters who are actually, like, thousand-year-old ancient dragons. I get that reference now. Yeah. I mean, I think there's only one. Might Um, She she just so happens... Well, only one one that's, like, half-naked. From, like, the first game. Well, like, like, Tiki is a thing, but I don't know if they ever, like... I think she wears clothes. Oh, okay. Maybe (laughs) I'm thinking of Awakening. Yeah, like Fire Emblem Awakening, like Noe or whatever her name is. Like she, she is. Uh, 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the 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 fact that but she's you, a thousand year old dragon, so it's okay. Yeah, and it the the weird thing about that, like especially with Awakening, is that you like breed your characters basically, mm. <laughs> so you can you can get super powered like children characters later. Yeah. So that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. Yep. <laughs> okay, so we were about to pivot into one of the actual topics. Let's let's um. I don't know. Um, like, should we explain the premise of Psychopaths? Um, for okay. I mean, I, I can try to, because you're more familiar with the show, I will badly explain the premise yes. and plot of the show, and then you will clarify. Jay, do you know what MWPSB stands for? No clue. <laughs> okay, this will be fun. Go uh, ahead. Okay, so... Psychopaths, it takes place in a near-future dystopia where um, the law enforcement is controlled by an AI called Sybil that everyone is completely dependent on to make um, decisions on whether or not a criminal is to be captured or executed or whatever. And the AI... Yeah, so there's... Um, there's investigators and there's enforcers, and uh, the investigators are, I guess, based on the one we see the most of, very innocent in their view of the world. They are, like, intentionally kept in conditions so that they, um, you know, will... Uh, I guess I'm, ge I'm getting ahead of myself there. Um, uh, okay, so the, the Sybil system... Uh, the, there's like these guns that the enforcers have and the investigators have that when you point it at a person, it analyzes their psychological profile and stuff and basically sees if they are like stressed out to the point that they might commit a crime. And from that, it makes a judgment whether or not you use the stun gun or the kill shot. Um, and so, yeah, so the investigators are kept at least based on the one we see. I mean, maybe they're not all as naive as she is. Um, fairly innocent so that they can, you know, make judgments that overrule like the enforcers and sometimes even the civil system. Um, the enforcers are more... like They're people who they call latent criminals because their psychological profile is such that they can kill a person. So they're kind of a necessary evil. Like They carry these guns around and they will shoot when the gun tells them to shoot because they're just at that point in their mind where they're okay with that. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of like the setup of everything. And so we're following this young, naive investigator around as she's seeing these horrible crimes that people are like just horrible gruesome brutal crimes people are committing and the enforcer's way of dealing with it and she often interferes with that because she doesn't want anyone to get shot even if they are a horrible brutal murderer who's like raping and torturing a woman she doesn't want them to get shot because you know, they're a person too mm -hmm. um so uh and then then this is the main villain of the show is this guy who I guess is so calm every time he does something sadistic or horrible that the system can't pick up on him being 
a psychopath. So, uh, he is immune to the system. You know, he slits a woman's throat while the Sybil gun's being pointed at him, and then it, you know, the coefficient on it just keeps going down. It's like, no, he's perfectly fine. Um, so, yeah, so investigator uh, Akane, I think her name was, um, main character, yeah, she, she is very trusting of this AI that is clearly broken, or it just doesn't do everything it's supposed to do. Um, so, yeah, like, halfway through the show, yeah, her best friend's throat gets slit in front of her, and the gun doesn't, uh, tell her that it's okay to shoot the guy. Um, so then, like, the second half of the show is, like, trying to track this guy down, and, um, one of the enforcers goes rogue, because he can tell, like, the system's not gonna deal with this guy, he needs to go deal with him himself. And she's like, no, we need to trust the system, even though it doesn't work. Even though she goes and talks to the system, and the system admits to her that it doesn't work. Uh, she's still like, no, the law is more important than, um, this, like, revenge, I guess, is, even though it's not really revenge, like, he's protecting people from a psychotic, like, a, a proven threat to lives all over the city. Uh, no, apparently killing him is just as bad as all the many murders he's inflicted, because Akane is Batman, and any killing is bad. Doesn't matter who's being killed. <coughs> and I need to go get some water, because my throat is drying out. Um, sure. Yeah. But, um... So I will pause my summary, because I don't have water in the room, but since I'm on my phone, I can actually keep talking. Except it won't be on microphone, so nobody's going to hear any of this part. Okay. While you're gone, I'm just gonna sing um, the the second opening song. Okay, I'm not gonna do that because I'm I have a terrible voice. But um... <laughs> don't don't do that to me. Don't just call me out like that. <laughs> Well, um, so MW, MWPSB stands for Ministry of Welfare's Public Safety Bureau. <laughs> so that's a thing that, that you now know and will forget immediately because it's a kind of a load of nonsense out of context. Um, yeah, it's a bunch of gibberish. Also, but, I'm back. Yeah, like you, you got a few things wrong, but the 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 basic the basics are are there. Like it's a it's about a hundred years in the future. Um, Japan has a system where basically this like super intelligent program um, basically defines every aspect of their lives by reading their brain. Um, and basically, like, if if you are, um, like, not mentally healthy in any way, they will make you go to therapy. Um, but if you are, like, like, likely to commit criminal acts, they'll, um, yeah, they'll, like, lock you up forever, basically. <laughs> Yeah, although because it also I, I it makes some snap judgments too, because there's the woman who was getting tortured and raped, 
and they killed the guy who was doing it, but then they scanned her, and they're like, her profile is spiking, she's, you know, needs to be put down. And then they just talked to her, and calmed her down, and then the system's like, eh, actually, you can just stun her now. Yeah, I, I, I assume what they were going for with that is, like, she, she's gone through so much trauma in, like, the past few hours that she doesn't trust anybody, so, like, you, you know how, like, if you, if you corner a trapped animal, they'll, like, even if you're trying to help them, they'll lash out at you? Mm. Um, like, that, probably that kind of idea, like, she will hurt anybody for self-preservation purposes. Mm. Um. Yeah, it's like, I, I get so, it, but also it seems like the system is operating on a very strong recency bias. <clears throat> oh, yeah, like, it, it reads your... It reads your mental state, like, as it is right now. Yeah. Um, so, like, theoretically, somebody could have committed a crime, like, a year ago. Um, or, like, even a week ago, and just not think about it. Yeah. And, or there could be the main be villain okay. guy who is just such a psychopath that the system can't detect anything wrong with him, even when he's in, like, the moment of committing crimes. Yeah, like, they... They say that, like, one in two million people or whatever can't be read by the system. I don't know if that's just, like, like he actually has, like, a weird chemical makeup in his brain or if he's just, like, a sociopath that just does not read, mm. like, human... What, what's the word? Like, like he just, he just cares so little <laughs> about yeah. any system of law that... It doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it doesn't heighten his stress at all or activate any brain chemicals when he's murdering a person. Yeah, like, like I guess he does. He just doesn't acknowledge that he does any wrong, so the system um, can't judge him for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I inter interrupted your uh, <clears throat> summary slash corrections. Um. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where was I going with this next? Uh, um, to the Ministry of blah blah blah, and uh, uh, it's hundred years in the future, Japan, and um, yeah, the thing analyzes everyone's profiles and decides their jobs for them and their lives for them. And... Right. Um, so the thing about inspectors, it's not that they're all naive. It's just that. Um, like I, I think the the idea is that Akane is like the first generation of inspectors that grew up, like, with with their whole lives under the system. Okay. So, like I, I think they mentioned that um, Ginaza, the other, the other inspector in her unit, um, like, like he was a kid when the um system went in place. Okay. So like he. Like, like he know, like he knows a version of the world without um, this like ultra controlling system. But okay, so that's why like, Akane is so defensive of the system, even when it tells her like flat out <clears throat> that some people just don't yeah. don't read under the scans. Well, like I, I, Akane is defensive of the system because she believes that people should have the right to choose their own. Um, like, 
she thinks people should move past the system themselves rather than um like just having any one person or small group of people decide that the system isn't good enough so let's shut it down mm. like she she like she 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 believes in society as a whole i guess whereas um like people like makashima and kogami more want to just act on on individual impulses and value that more mm. so that's that's kind of their whole conflict between the three of them is that you know like makashima is entirely individualistic like he he does not care he does not put any value on things that people do for other people mm. and that's why he's kind of a sociopath mm. um and akane is the other side of the spectrum where she only she really only values the, the will of society as a whole and less on individual uh individual drive i guess you could say um yeah so so yeah. e- even though the system is broken she's okay with with her best she's okay with go because uh, it's not worth throwing the whole system way over well she she's she's okay with temporarily following the system and just saying fuck it later when people when more people decide yeah this sucks because mm. um, like like it's not that she does like she doesn't blindly follow the system she she kind of uses it to her own ends by the end of the first season mm. um she like i guess she calls it she she sees it as like a necessary evil in the moment because she doesn't want society c- to collapse mm. <laughs> because now like the entire population is basically tethered to this thing um so yeah and Kogami's kind of in the middle where like he like yeah he throws away everything for like this vendetta he has against Makashima yeah but he's but trying to kill a he, guy who is escaping the system and able to just keep killing people on an ever broadening scale goes from like you know a couple serial killers under his control to mass riots as uh he's having people just go around killing people yeah um like makashima's a bastard and like nobody except the people he allies with like really gives him any credit for it Mm. um but like he he's like okay the system sucks so let's just kill everyone under it (laughs) uh Mm. which which is uh not a good idea yeah it doesn't really fix the problem i mean i guess it does fix the problem but it doesn't get what you want after the problem's fixed yeah like he like they 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 call him out on it like he he is just a manipulator that uses people for his own his own goals Mm. so like like he like he he thinks of himself as like this this high-minded um like crusader against society or whatever but 
Like, he's just manipulating people so he can get what he wants in the end. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, like, there's there's this whole thing where it's like, oh, he's, he's exactly the same as Kogami. Um, and, like, that's kind of true because they're, they're both, like, I don't know, I guess, like, philosophical warriors almost. <laughs> like, mm. they, they... But also, Kokomi is a, a, a psychopath. <laughs> so, like, mm. I mean, he he kind of is in that he he obviously very much enjoys, like, the hunt, mm. as, as, as they constantly call it. Where, like, he, he's kind of... He, he's kind of, like, the the violent part of Batman, right? Like, maybe the Frank Miller part of Batman. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of a Punisher character. Right. Yeah, that, that's that's more... That's more uh, accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, like he kills he, the bad people. Like, yeah, the untouchable he, bad people. Yeah, Ko- Kogami likes... Um, he likes committing violence on people who deserve it. Mm. Um, and, like, he doesn't really shy away from that. Like, he... Like, he he's constantly, like, smiling whenever he's fighting. Mm. Like, the only exception is Makashima, and that's because, like, I, I don't know, maybe he doesn't like fighting him. Mm. He probably just likes chasing him down more. Mm. Um... There's probably a Yaoi fanfic out there where they fuck. Uh, I mean, they're both anime pretty boys, so they they are they are. Makashima is very pretty. Yeah, like, like put some boobs on him, and he is like they they make a point. He of is from a different anime. Kogami doing like shirtless <laughs> boxing in the early episodes. Uh, yeah, he is he is entirely a panty wetter. Yeah. Uh, like like yeah, they. Like, for a show that is, like, really not about sex, um, they do show a lot of characters naked. Yeah. Um, at, at certain, or, like, half naked at certain points. Yeah. No, I think the fully naked ones are the ones who've been mutilated and turned into sculptures. Or, or at the end, there's, like, the, the lesbian, um, well, one oh, of them yeah. is an enforcer, and the other one is, uh, the, Oh, well, she's like the the tech yeah. the tech lady. Um, yeah, the big titty one. I, I forget her name. Yeah, Shion is her name, but I forget what exactly she does. Yeah. Um, but she she's the woman behind the computer. Yeah, that's all you need to know. She's there to be the snarky big titty one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who who flirts with everyone, even though nobody really seems to care. Mm. Um, also, everybody smokes. Well, yeah, it's a noir. Which, yeah. Like, it, it's it's just kind of weird, because you would think that, well, you would think that, like, smoking would be banned, right? Mm. Yeah, under a system with that much uh, psychological yeah. control. I mean, you would also think that um, the way that um, the police would kill people isn't with a giant blood explosion mm. um, 
because that that is you know that might be traumatic uh yeah I, I, I don't know that, if that's because there's so many cyborg things that they have to make sure the whole body goes down. Maybe. But, like, it, it doesn't it doesn't even seem like it... Like... I don't know. There's probably, like, lore on how the gun works, mm. but I haven't... I haven't seen a lot of the... Like, I, I think there's... I think there's a separate comic. Like I, I know that there's like a visual novel which I try to play, but I can't because I don't like visual novels. Mm. Um, which, so yeah. It wasn't like most visual novels yeah. where all the characters kiss. No, <laughs> it's a serious one mm. where serious people do serious things, mm. but also there's some comic relief because anime. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it it. It didn't click with me because it was kind of boring. Um, uh, like, like at least, at least, like in an anime, when things are slow and and it's building up, like I don't know, there's things to watch on screen. <laughs> but in, in a visual novel, it's just like, oh, here's these flat pictures and blank text that I I really don't care about. Mm. Um, like, like should I talk about about why I don't like visual novels? Well, yeah. Well, I'll I'll just sum it up. It's because they're they're a bad they're a bad compromise between a book and an anime, mm. or I guess I guess animation in general, not specifically anime, even though most of them are Japanese. Anyway, uh, yeah, they're like very low budget game. Yeah, because like like it. it at least when you're reading, right? Like you can picture everything yourself, and you have you can form like a personal connection with it. Mm. Or when you're watching animation, it's like, oh, look, there's a thing happening on screen. But it's like when when it's when it's um, a visual novel, it's like the the worst combination of those things. At least for me, yeah, it's like a choose your own adventure comic book with voice acting. Yeah, or maybe without voice acting. Mm. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I I do like Doki Doki Literature Club, but that's because it like specifically breaks the tropes of um, visual novels. Mm. So yeah, so so yeah, there's that. Um. So yeah. Psychopath is very dark, and you probably shouldn't watch it. I probably should have said that last time. <laughs> um, I I think you did say something about it being dark last time, but yeah. But Eugene's already gone ahead and watched it, so it's too late to warn the audience. Yeah, like it, it's it's very good. Um, Jade might not agree, but I think it's very good. Like it, it is one of my favorite anime. Yeah, I mean, um, it's it it's one of those things like. I compare it to a Clockwork Orange in that, like, I can see why this is well-made and well-respected and, you know, like, a smart and... It, it, it's it's a good thing that I don't like, is what it is. Because, and it's just... I mean, so the, the thing with this and Clockwork Orange is that they both, I feel like, put so much emphasis on trying to, like understand and sympathize and even like feel bad for the 
people who are doing a horrible, heinous crime, you know, doing things that destroy other people's lives. And the people whose lives are destroyed are just... You're not supposed to care about them. It's like... I don't know. It, I feel like there some point in the last, like, ten years of my life, I came to realize, like... You know, when you're watching a movie, you're supposed to identify with the hero. Because, like, the hero, you know, it's like, like, their perspective is the one we're following. It's all about them. Everybody else is ancillary to that. Um, so, like, when some, you know, e either minor or no-name character dies in a horrible way, it's like, well, that that's bad, but they're not the hero, so we're not supposed to care that much. But I find myself identifying with those people more. Because I feel like that's me, that I'm just kind of a nobody in the grand scheme of everything. So, like, I don't know, it just, it, you know, when, so, like, um, in, like, this show, they, they have, um, you know, like, uh, I mean, I guess... So, okay, so, yeah, so there's, there's, like, the girl getting tortured and raped in the first episode, and then they, you know, go to kill the guy who's, you know, like, carrying her through the sewers or whatever he was doing at that point, you know, trying to get away from the police, and Akane's like, no, you can't shoot him, and, and you know, the gun says, uh, shoot him, and it's, like... Well, she she doesn't say not to shoot him, mm. uh, she, she just says not to shoot, like, not to paralyze her... Mm. Like, don't hurt her because she hasn't well, yeah. done anything wrong. Yeah. Like, he, he's already dead at that point. Yeah. And then, okay, so, so then, so after that, then we have, uh, like, a couple episodes of, oh, well, I guess that first episode was shocking, but it's okay now. Uh, and then, serial killer, uh, this just crazy sociopathic schoolgirl who is, like, torturing other schoolgirls and chopping them up into pieces to turn into art, and it's, you know, like a Hannibal Lecter kind of thing. Um, and they're, like, trying to track her down, but then, I can't remember, for some reason, like, they, they point the gun at her and then aren't able to shoot her, because, was it Akane, or did someone else stop him from shooting her that time? Um, well, well, Kogami pointed his gun at her, but, by the way, the, the guns are called Dominators, because it's not, it's not subtle. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah Kogami pointed his gun at her, and it was, uh... It she was marked for execution, mm. um, but the thing is, he kind of barged into a school um, and found her in the art mm. room, and the principal was with him, like basically saying, "Like, what are you doing in here? You can't just walk in here." Mm. Um, so when he pointed the gun at her, the the principal stopped him from actually shooting her, okay. and then yeah, she so got away with help. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess the thing that irks me with Akane the most is that her best friend's throat gets slit in front of her because, you know, well, Makashima, she she points the dominator at him. It won't work. He knows it won't work, and he's telling her it won't work. So he gives her a rifle and says, no, shoot me with that. Um, and so she's trying to hold one gun in each hand, which, I mean, one isn't good gun posture, too. You know, she, she ends up firing the rifle, but she doesn't, you know, take the time to line up a shot. So she just wildly misses, and then a friend gets killed, and she's sad about it, and he gets away. Uh, but then she continues to trust the system, even when the system tells her that the... Uh, th and, and like with, with Makashima, she's like, no, we need to 
capture him. Even though she knows the system's not going to register him as a criminal, it, you know, she has seen that he is, like, torturing and murdering people, but she won't do anything about it because the law, I mean, I, I think I wrote down, she says, I just hated this line, just, the law doesn't protect people, people protect the law. And, I mean, by that point, like, I wasn't expecting to be sympathizing with Kogami the most, but I, I guess I'm a punisher deep down because I'm like, no, this guy <laughs> needs to fucking die because he is hurting and killing people and nobody can do anything about it. It, you know, like, and I feel it's like, well, that... like from her perspective, it's like, well, we need to think about, you know, him as a person. Like, what about him? What about his needs? And that, I mean, that that's where the Clockwork Orange comparison comes in, that that movie is... Alex and his droogs go around raping people, uh, and then accidentally murder one, and he gets arrested and tortured in prison to try to torture the bad impulses out of him, and, you know, it ruins his life, but, like, the movie seems to take the, the, you know, approach that's like, oh, we should feel bad about what the government did to him, making it so he, like, vomits whenever he hears Beethoven, because he raped a woman so badly that she killed herself and it's like i guess that's nothing like i guess the people who get hurt by these horrible people their lives mean nothing because they're dead and it's over and we shouldn't care anymore what we should care about according to these kinds of shows is the monsters who did it and that just pisses me off so that's that's why psychopaths i acknowledge it is well made well crafted even mostly well written i just don't agree with it kind of show but i just don't agree like because i'm a vengeful punisher deep down i guess i i don't like this and i had the same problem with craven's last time we went over that like a year or two ago when i read that where that one had carrion yeah. like drag a woman off the street into the sewer and eat her alive and then when Craven's like, I'm going to hunt down and kill Carrion, Spider-Man's like, no, you can't. He's innocent. And it's like, fuck off, Spider-Man, you fucking idiot. A woman died. And you're going to protect the killer? Because... Because. Because you're the hero. And the hero is supposed to protect everyone, even when the person is... Uh... Yeah. Uh, in short, Batman should kill the Joker. <laughs> 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 is, is the point of all right? Okay. Oh, uh, uh, I, 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 I do, I do see where you're coming from. Like, um, like I just, I maybe I just view the series in mm. a different way because, like, I, I see it like when when Makashima has has Akane's friend, um, like ready to kill her, like. Akane just doesn't know like it seems to me like she just doesn't know what to do like she just she she can't shoot him because she never even considered shooting somebody before and I guess yeah because she was raised um, completely under the system and is so baffled that the AI isn't detecting criminal behavior right. when she's seeing criminal behavior right in front of her like I 
like I, I believe personally, like if if you took Akane from episode twenty two and you put her back in episode eleven or whatever that was, I think she would have mm. shot him. Um, like it, it's just she, she does not have the experience to to, you know, pull a a. She doesn't have the experience to like fire like a a, a gunpowder um, firearm at mm. somebody. Um, Especially not when you're trying to hold it with one hand. It's like that's a two-handed gun. Yeah, well, that that's a that's a symbolism thing. Like she's you know she's got the dominator in one hand and the other gun in the other, and she can't she can't like decide which one to mm. go with, right? That that's a that's a, that's what we call um, <laughs> symbolism. Um, yeah, um, but like I. Like, with Akane protecting Makashima, like, I don't think it's, like, she, I don't think she really gives a shit what happens to Makashima, like, she, she's, she's protecting Makashima to protect, to protect Kogami, because she sees that he's going off Mm. the deep end, and he made a, she made a deal with the system to protect him. Although him him going off the deep end Um, is just, he realized the system isn't going to deal with this rampant criminal and decides to right. just go do it himself and fuck what the system says. Right. Like he like going off the deep end meaning like going full punisher, like I'm gonna kill this guy, damn the mm. consequences. Um which is not is not a bad thing to do because he's a he's a fucking mass murdering psychopath. Yeah, and that I mean and um, that's <laughs> kinda what enforcers do. Like what they're there for is to pull the trigger when it needs to be pulled yeah right like they yeah like he he's he's like a weapon that's gone rogue from the system yeah. basically yeah it, like it's they, a problem they, because sybil doesn't like it right like they like it if it was if it was somebody that is not um well okay let, let's let's go let's just spoil the fact that Sybil is a bunch of brains yeah. in jars. I mean, yeah, we, we, we said full spoilers <laughs> uh, from the start. Yeah, so the the Sybil system is made up of like, wasn't up two hundred and forty six brains. Um, that I it, I guess they I get the explanation is that they just use the brains for like processing power, which I I mm. find weird. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like the Matrix, like it, it's it's a. Yeah, it's like a it's a sci-fi bullshit explanation, yeah. right? Like the the brains and jars are con- controlling everything. Most of them are like like terrible criminals like Makashima who like they they cannot be defined by a system because they don't believe mm. in a system. So that means that they are above the system so they control the system. Mm. Um which is, which is an interesting view on society, mm. <laughs> um, be, because it, it's like if you look at it sideways, it's kind of true, because like you know, in in most places in the world currently, like the people who make the laws are not beholden to the laws. Yeah, um, yeah it's bleak, but but accurate. It it's it's bleak, but also it's mm. kind of true. Um, like in a, in a weird like. You know, I don't. I don't think brains and jars are pulling the strings behind anything in the real world. Uh, yeah. But like, they're definitely 
there definitely are people who don't have to face the consequences of their actions, yeah. um, who are pulling the strings behind the world. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, tangent. Yeah. Um, so, like, the, the reason that the, they want Makashima, like, alive is so that they could put his brain in a jar so they become, like, a better collective entity, entity basically. Mm. Um, so, sounds like Kogami's got even more reason so, to kill him because he's going to rule society if he doesn't. The yeah, guy basically. who incited uh, a riot like, and murder, you know, that resulted in children getting murdered uh, is now going to be in yeah. charge of things. Like the the best case scenario in this in this situation is that Makashima dies and um, the the simple system doesn't get what it wants um, and ideally Kogami and Akane go back to their old situation of just being you know cop buddies mm. I guess uh, but like those things are mutually exclusive so. Like, Kogami just wants to kill Makashima at all costs. Akane wants to... So, uh, the, the system basically tells Akane, like, look, we're brains in jars. We want that guy's brain to put in a jar. Um, then Akane says, okay, if I do this, don't kill Kogami. Like, let him live. Um, because I, I think... Um, because Akane likes Kogami's abs, right? Like, yeah, he's got really... Like really cool to find abs. Like she likes him, but she's being forced to choose between staying in the system or... I get... It feels like there is a choice she could have made to also escape the civil system if she wanted to be with him that badly. Because his actions have pretty well, you know, alienated him from the system. Because the system is yeah, a sociopathic like control freak. The well, part part of the part of the problem with the whole situation too is that, like, Kogami doesn't really have anything left, right? Like he, he he like all all of his rights have been taken away by the system because he is a latent mm. criminal. Be, like specifically because he he has to think like a criminal to catch criminals. Like that that's that's the reason why like l most of the latent criminals in the show. Like used to be inspectors, who just, who just like they they're too good at getting in criminals' heads, so they think like criminals. So their crime coefficient is at a point where, like, the system doesn't trust them because they think like criminals, even though they wouldn't actually, you know, commit crimes like for their own personal mm. gain. They're they're just thinking about ways people commit crimes um, to catch people who do. Um, so, and because Ko Kogami thinks too well like that, he, he he's basically a prisoner who just, well, it, as they explain, um, like the metaphor they use all the time is he's a dog on a leash that they, they let go to hunt mm. criminals. Um, so, like, obviously, he's not going to stick around if he can, right? Mm. But they they imply all the time that Akane actually has, like, friends and family, um, like, you know, who, like, live in Japan and are healthy and 
you know, it sure would be a shame if something you know, are, are actually yeah um it kind of does in the second season but the second season sucks so we're not going to mm. talk about that um yeah so like akane doesn't want to just leave the system right because she actually has reasons to mm. stay kogami doesn't the only the only reason he has to stay is akane which is is like specifically <laughs> not good enough yeah that's someone for who's him. known for what a couple months at most yeah and like that that's that's why akane like really wants to to track him down but also keep him alive it's because she she does honestly care about him like she just like i mean like she she reads the note he left them and she starts crying mm. right because she 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 realizes what's gonna happen um but yeah like like everything with the ending is is a mix of like personal like like personal reasons to do things right like like Akane's trapped in the system because she the only thing she wants out, out of out of this whole thing is to keep Kogami safe because she knows that um if he kills Makashima then Sybil will hunt him down wherever mm. he goes right um the only thing Kogami wants is to kill Makashima the only thing Makashima wants is to bring down the system mm. um So yeah, like I'm. I guess the difference between us is that I'm I'm focusing everything more on on what the like, show wants you the, to focus on. The, yeah, like the 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 what the the character motivations mm. are like rather than the broad rather than the implications of what they're saying. Yeah, well, to to a certain point, like I. Like I, I, I think the the sh- the show wants it to be a character piece first and foremost, mm. and then a philosophical piece secondary. Mm. Um, like that, that's it. Seems like that's the way it's set up. Whereas, like something like Blade Runner, um, which they directly reference, right? It's yeah, some like old like they they, they seen, but have you read the book version? The book version's better. <laughs> Oh, yeah. make make sure you read the paperback because um you know Makashima is a hipster. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Even though it feels more like a minority report thing than a blade runner thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the 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 show references like a ton of like philosophy and um like mostly older books um like they, they they specifically reference like oh well it, it's it's not as bad as like a wells book mm. um or as weird as like a gibson book it's more like a philip k dick book yeah. right yeah they say <laughs> philip k dick specifically and also do androids dream of electric sheep which they say hey wasn't that a movie and saying yeah but it's not as good as the book well i like no makashima was the guy like no like like read the book watch the movie and then like write me an essay about uh mm. <laughs> how they're similar and different yeah. like that that's basically what he says uh, 
Yeah. Um, I th- I think we're done here. Yeah. <laughs> like I, like I, I love it for a lot of reasons. Like, just I don't mm. know. Like, eh, I'm not gonna explain myself anymore. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. tired. No, we still have um, an hour left, and also Redline and um. Probably Dragon Ball, something, something Dragon Ball. I did end up yeah. binging the rest of Abridged, minus the movies yeah. and the other stuff. Kind of disappointed that they're not doing it? the Boo thing. Like I, from reading the comments yeah. about Cell Saga being the finale, like I get why they're not doing the Boo Saga, because it sounds like like the show pretty well ended with you know had had reached a decent conclusion with Cell. And then Boo was just stretching it out, but you know, Cell is is probably where the actual show should have ended, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Um, but yeah, like they they had a lot of like I, I I don't know if legal issues are the right thing. Like they're because like they but by, by the end of the show, um, like I don't think they could use fair use as a defense. Oh, oh, you mean Team Four Star? Um, Okay. Yeah, because from what I was reading, it seemed um, like Cell was like the good, you know, best end of Dragon Ball Z because it's it it is died again and he's okay with it this time because Gohan's Cause, finally cause, achieved his potential. So, because where where Dragon Ball starts, um, it's Bulma finds Goku like living alone in the mountains. Goku says like. Oh yeah, my my grandpa Gohan found me as a kid, and he just recently died. Mm. Um, so now I'm gonna go on this like world-spanning adventure to find these magic balls that Grant mm. wishes. Um, and then like the the Cell Saga is probably the best ending, um, like of any in Dragon Ball, because it's like it, it's. It's the first time that Goku doesn't solve everybody's problems. Because, mm. uh, like, he... Goku takes out, like, every villain in Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, like, up until... Up until Cell. Mm. Like, every main villain. Um, like, like Vegeta kills almost all, the, all of Frieza's minions, but Goku's the one of, like... I I guess defeats Frieza because he doesn't actually kill him, mm. but um, like he he's the one who actually beats like all the all the final bosses, right? Yeah. Um, until Cell, where he hands the reins over to Gohan. There's a very emotional like like look. I I've been the strongest on the planet my whole life. It's your turn. You are stronger than me. This is your story now. Take care mm. of it. Um, and then. Cell blows himself up. Goku sacrifices himself, um, and he he encourages Gohan to to like become stronger and take care of Cell. Like that is the that is the best ending point for Dragon Ball Z you could ever mm-hmm. have. Um, Boo is the Boo saga is very weird. Um, and comedy focused. Oh, okay. A lot of the time, like it kind of flips back and forth between being comedy focused 
and more like the rest of Dragon Ball Z, which is very like violent and life with life ending stakes. So wait, so is um, the Boo Saga more like Super then? It's because I know Super feels like there are still stakes, but it's also generally lighter than what I've seen of Z. So, the the beginning of the Boo Saga is Gohan seven years in the future. Like he like he's he's like a I guess he'd be like a late late teens, right? Like he's going to school with regular people, mm-hmm. um, and he fights crime in in a Sentai outfit and calls himself Saiyan Man. Oh, like that's how the arc starts. Mm. <laughs> Uh, and then it kind of plods around for a while. Um, like he gets a girlfriend. Um, I don't. I don't think they're actually. They may or may not actually be dating by the time Goku comes back. Like he, there's a whole thing. Goku comes back to life for a day. Um, for some reason, I, I forget the exact reason. Okay. Um, but he comes back for a day. And like all the all the super powered characters fight in the world tournament, which is a thing from Dragon Ball that I don't think shows up in Z at all until the Boo Saga. Um, but it, it's a it's a big martial arts tournament um, with world class fighters, which becomes irrelevant after everybody can fly and shoot beams from their hands, mm. right? Yeah. <laughs> because you know, like like Bruce Lee is not gonna beat Goku in a fight. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's whoever can charge their energy up to a higher form faster. Basically. Like, the the, the strategy really goes out the window <laughs> at some point. And it's like, oh, I'm I'm not powerful enough. Oh, I transformed. Now I'm powerful mm. enough. Um, which is a problem with Dragon Ball Z. Um, but anyway. Yeah, so then, um, during the fight, um, Gohan's girlfriend gets savagely beaten by um, an opponent who is being like magically augmented by a wizard named Bobbity, mm. whose goal is to absorb the energy from fights to revive an ancient evil. <laughs> like, do, do you see the? Do you see the? Um, conflict here like it goes from i am the great saiyan man to okay gohan's girlfriend just got beaten and there's this wizard who wants to resurrect an ancient evil oh but then it turns out the evil is um like a fat jolly idiot Mm. um but uh, but also vegeta who has also turned evil and just killed like thousands of innocent people um blows himself up to destroy boo but it doesn't actually work, so he just sacrificed himself for nothing. Hmm. <laughs> like it, it's, and then and then we get we we get an arc where it's like, like Hercule or Mister Satan is like befriending Boo, uh, who is a fat jolly idiot yeah, he's who like killed living it, bubble gum. <laughs> yeah, so, so like he he's be, he's befriending him. And it's like really weird and silly, and then we get to the point where Boo transforms into like a, a previous form of his that is more evil, 
and he he destroys everybody on the planet with one attack. Okay, so that's when the like, lean boo it, comes it's because I mostly see fat boo, but then I've yeah. seen pictures of the like lean muscular boo, and I didn't know when that happened. Yeah, um, I I forget exactly the reason why that happens, but yeah, like the the evil form of boo um, comes back, and. He, he absorbs people and gains their powers. Um, and he does like the... I, I forget what the move is called. It's like the the world extinction um, attack or something. Mm. Where like... He, ju- he just stands like above the world and shoots... Shoots energy beams out of his hands that... Like tracks every person on Earth and just kills everyone at once. So like every character you ever knew... Mm. <laughs> and the Dragon Ball world is dead, like just just flat out dead. Like he killed everyone. Okay, so like, he cast magic Chi-Chi missile Gohan at level like ten billion at level nine thousand and one. Because well, nine thousand and one would only <laughs> hit um, nine thousand three people. Yeah, because you add a missile for each level, and it, it does three at the first. Okay. And they pinpoint targets so, yeah. anything. So yeah, let's go level like let's say five hundred thousand because there doesn't seem to be that many people on Earth in the Dragon Ball mm. world. Maybe because dinosaurs still exist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's Earth, but it's not our Earth. It, no, it it's it's like Strange Real two point <laughs> Well, like the, the, there's like dinosaurs and furry people, um, yeah, it's and like magic and and it's robots, like high tech it, and low tech blended together. Yeah, it's like there, there's there's like there's one part of Dragon Ball where he meets a fortune teller, um, and like has to do like magical or has to do shit to get like a magical power up or something. Mm. I I'm I am only vaguely remembering Dragon Ball, and then there's another part where like he has to fight a giant robot army. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, and I mean, there's just constant incursions from space aliens. Yeah, in the titular yeah. magic balls that summon a dragon, who grants wishes. Right. Right. So yeah, I guess the got to hear the call the, of the magic dragon. Yeah, it's balls. like impossible to draw a parallel to our world as far as how populated it is based on the technology because the technology yeah. is all over the place. Yeah, like it, it's it seems to be going for like a like it, at least like visually it seems to be going for like a like a um like a fantastical China, um, which makes sense as it was originally based on Journey mm. to the West, which we talked yeah. about. Um, but like the, the, the very specific look of like the rolling hills that Goku lives in and like the, like, I, I think they even pointed out in, in a bridge, it's like the, the, the Chinese prince, um, looking clothes that Goku has at the beginning. Um, is like it, it seems like that that's the look they're going for, mm. but also there's dinosaurs, yeah, <laughs> just just walking around like fucking T Rexes. 
which apparently don't exact attack cities, which is nice. Yeah, no, they're just like elephants. Um, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, so yeah, like the cell cell is the perfect end, ending um, of Dragon Ball Z. It's it's probably the perfect ending for Dragon Ball Z abridged, even if it is sad. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, you could still watch the Boo arc, like, like fun DBZ Kai, mm. um, or, or something if you want to watch it, but the, the writing <laughs> in Dragon Ball Z as a whole is, I, I wouldn't say it's bad, but, um, it, like if if your first if your first brush with the show is Dragon Ball Z abridged, like you you might you might not like the actual writing because it's kind of like bland by comparison. Yeah, I mean, well, my right? my first brush was super, so I guess the the things I like more from what I've seen are the ones where it's not entire like it it's somewhat serious but not entirely serious that it's, it's yeah. just very over the top yeah so like see that that's the weird thing about the boo saga is that it it goes back and forth like it, it's not like super where it kind of like interchanges them mm. right we're like oh we're we're fighting we're fighting in this giant tournament for like the the sake of our universe this is serious mm. but like also, also there's, there's a lot of wacky oh, characters, oh, and they'll like yeah you know, throw shade at the ones that it, are like the Sailor Moon characters doing like long transformations yeah. while everyone's bored. And then and then they're, they're they're transformations that don't make them look cuter; they make them look yeah. uglier. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, like. Super is a, is more of a mix of the the silly and the serious, whereas Boo is mostly going back and okay. forth. Um, so it's less less good, <laughs> I guess. There there are some parts that are that are like genuinely good. Like I, I think Vegeta's whole thing of turning evil again. Um. But then sacrificing himself uh, to try to kill Boo, even though it doesn't work, um, is pretty good. Yeah, because I don't remember what... Like, Vegeta in Z up through Cell, like he, he had an arc, but yeah, it doesn't really feel finished, from what I remember. Yeah, so his, his arc through Z is... Saiyan Saga completely evil. Yeah. Frieza Saga like completely evil, but he he joins he joins with the the fighters from Earth like out of convenience, um, and kind of just ends up on mm. Earth. And then and but like the the whole point is that he's waiting for Goku because he wants to fight him slash kill him when he gets mm. back. So like I I think. He like he doesn't want to cause too much trouble, right? Be hmm. <laughs> because like even though he keep at that point, 
he probably can kill everybody on the planet except maybe Piccolo. Mm. Um, but he doesn't. He want. He doesn't want to. He just wants to train and fight Goku when he gets back. Mm. Um, and then in the Android Saga, he like he basically tells people that he's still evil, but like really, he's he's just fighting androids to protect Earth, like everybody else at that point, right? Like Goku's yeah. there. But he's like, oh, there's a super powerful opponent over here. I guess I'll fight them instead. Yeah. Um, and and he starts a family, which um, leads into the Boo Saga, where like, like at, at that point, he can't help himself. Goku's been dead. Like, he's lost his will to fight. But then Goku comes back for a day. And, like... Uh- He's like, okay, this is my last chance. I'm going to fight him now. So then he gets the magic power up from Bobbity um, and kills a bunch of people to um, persuade Goku to fight him. And then they fight, which causes Majin Buu to be resurrected. Mm. Um, In the middle, there's also then, the future Trunks stuff that he's son from the future comes back to help fight the androids or tell them that they need to go fight the androids and so they fight a couple of the androids and then find out oh wait there's more androids yeah oh also sells an android (laughs) yeah but by the way we 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 should watch the 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 dbza movies Mm. Because they, they carry over a lot of jokes from the regular series. I just didn't want to watch the movies like in between the, mm. the show. Even even though they carry over a lot of running jokes. Because then it would be like four hours longer. Mm. Um, but yeah, we should watch the movies. They're, they're some of the best. Because they, they don't have to like write around jokes like to fit with the plot. Like they, they sometimes have to do in, in the actual mm. show. So like they're they're mostly self-contained, um, so they're they're pretty good. Um, yeah, I watched but, a like, couple, in, but I need to find like a playlist that's in order so that I can make sure I see all of them. Yeah, because it they it, the the movies like kind of jump around the timeline because they like they they were made as the show was going mm-hmm. right, so like whenever they were made, kind of reflects like. The, the part that the the show was in at that point um but yeah like the the super android 13 movie <laughs> there's three more androids that mm. show up um and and vegeta was like seven <laughs> seven androids <laughs> or, or something mm. like that um actually at that point i think it's like nine but I- anyway mm. <laughs> not important um yeah like vegeta is the only one that really has a full arc in in dragon ball z right like him and gohan are like the the only the only two characters that have a full arc. like piccolo kind of does but then he kind of peters out i mean i guess goku did Um, at least up to the cell thing before they brought him back in boo uh, Goku's Goku. Like, he doesn't really change oh, much. Yeah. Like, in, in Dragon Ball Z Abridged, they added one because he didn't really have one. Like, his his arc in Dragon Ball Z is, 
I'm the best fighter ever. Mm. <laughs> and then we get to Cell, and he's like, Goku... Oh, no, wait. He's like, I'm not the best fighter ever anymore. Gohan is. Um, and then that that's that's his character development. Mm. It's like, like my son is stronger than me, and I'm proud. Mm. That That's about it. Like, a- actual Goku is not that interesting a character. Mm. Because he, he's... He's just kind of a, a, a silly dude who's good at mm. fighting. Um, also, the thing about him constantly abandoning abandoning his family is kind of accurate, mm. <laughs> but not entirely, because half the time he's dead. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Krillin's the best. Krillin's the best character mm. in Dragon Ball. <laughs> He's always around. He's always around doing his best, mm. even though he can't really do anything. Yeah. Um, also, in, in in the Boo arc, he gets hair. So if you want to see that, uh, <laughs> watch, watch the Boo arc, just to see Krillin with mm. hair. Um, also, the Psychopaths movie... Um, Nothing of, nothing of consequence really happens. Because <laughs> mm. yeah, cause so, I, remember I asked like, after I watched the show. It's like okay, the way the show ends off, there's this whole kind of sinister tease for the future. I mean, obviously they didn't deal with Sybil. Like clearly, Sybil is a problem, and they didn't fix it. So that's like set up for the future. Like okay, we're gonna do something about this, right? And I asked if the movie did, and you're like, nah, not really. Like, okay, I guess I'll skip it then. <laughs> yeah. The second season happens, and um, Akane kind of makes Sybil change slightly, but, like, nothing really, like, earth-shattering happens. Mm. Um, it's basically just, like, she patched Sybil to, to fix a few bugs. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... And then, and then the movie takes place where, like, the the movie takes place in a different country. Mm. It's like, um, it's like, oh, like this, this Southeast Asian warlord. Like, I, I don't think they ever specify exactly where this place is supposed to be. Like, this this warlord basically like let Sybil swoop in and and take over. Um, so and like they're setting up a trial run in this floating city, um, where whereas like on on the mainland, um, there's like rebels fighting against uh, the warlord, and Kogami somehow ended up fighting with them. Um, so Akane goes over, um, like in conjunction with the the government of like the the warlord's government um to investigate like why kogami is there because he, he's basically like the only fugitive in japan right like he's the only one who mm. gets out um so yeah a bunch of things happen um akane finds his way to kogami and the rebels uh camp um they talk uh then he gets kidnapped by mercenaries working for the government. 
Um, the government hates Akane because she basically ditched them to go talk with Kogami. Mm. So they capture her. They're about to be executed. Then the the rest of uh, the rest of the the CID, like the inspectors and enforcers, the ones from season two, um, come in and save them. And it's like, oh, the the civil system like killed the killed the warlord and um, replaced him with another cyborg, like the the same way they do with the the chief um, in the first season. Mm. <clears throat> so it's basically just another cyborg being um, controlled by the civil system, mm. um, and. Akane convinces them to, like, have a vote <laughs> on on whether they should allow, allow like, let the people decide whether they should allow this um, very flawed system mm. <laughs> to stay in place, or whether they should be free people. It's like the Sybil follows that advice for some reason, even though they don't have to, and they're in complete control of everything. Yeah, I mean, it seems weirdly idealistic compared to how bleak the undertones of like the undertones and the implications of the show have been that they would think something like yeah that it, it's like i could see akane it, suggesting that because she seems to be idealistic enough to believe something like that would work but for sybil to go along with it i, I don't know it doesn't yeah like it, it's the the movie is and it's it's fun, it's entertaining, but like as as far as the the as far as the writing goes, it it's not not as good as the original. Um, I mean, do, does the like, vote get rid of Sybil, or they don't they don't say like the 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 fact that they will have a vote is is a win. Okay, <laughs> like they because like I could see if that was like the writers didn't want to just. Ha- to have the final conflict be them storming the brain in a jar room and blowing stuff up because that's not the kind of story they're going for you know like they've, they've like right. kogami is the type who would probably want to do something like that and they've made it clear that like maybe what he's doing is a necessary evil but they don't want to celebrate it so they wouldn't want to end on that kind of note so I could see them doing the vote right. thing and just bullshitting it working because they want a conclusion, like a satisfying conclusion to the simple yep. thing, instead of just wallowing so, in so, the bleakness forever. But yeah, it's like like this is a two-hour movie. Mm. Um, it doesn't take place in Japan. Like they can have they can have this self-determination thing and just not have to deal with mm. it later. All right, give me a minute. Mm. I have dog oh. now. What does dog think about uh, psychopaths? Um, she likes the part where they were robo dogs, but she mm. doesn't like that they were evil. Does she like all the comparisons of Kogami to a dog? Um, yeah, because she thinks he's hot. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> She's that kind of bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I said that. <laughs> but will that be the title card? <laughs> um, 
Oh, I had I had a thing with Redline that I was like, this would make a good joke. That would make a good title card. But maybe maybe we will get there. Maybe we won't. Okay. I mean, but she's she's Redline that kind or? of bitch. Yeah, because yeah, I, I mean the the psychopath. Like like I said, it's it's entertaining. There's not that much to say about it. Mm. Like it, it's notable because the original director directed it. And because Kogami is in it, and he's not in the second season. Okay. But other than that, like it, it's really not super important to anything. Mm. Like, like as far as I can tell, like it's not even that important to the third season, mm. which came out like last year, and I never heard about it. Yeah. Uh, because the 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 series has kind of like fallen off the radar because it hasn't done anything for five or six years mm. um yeah. but yeah red line like fun weird racing passion project that i adore mm. <laughs> yeah it's it's my second time watching it and this week when i was watching it i think i was having trouble focusing that day so all my notes are just that the animation is weird and I have no idea what's going on, and then repeated, I still have no idea what's going on. Why is there a giant pink mecha lady fighting, like, military planes on the ground of a planet? I thought this was a race going on. Um, yeah, so, uh, do you want to know the plot of Redline? I mean, if, if I had to guess the plot from what I, like, saw, I think I might have, I don't know, it, yeah, I think I was watching it early in the morning, so I had to have the sound turned down, so I couldn't even hear what was being said a lot of the time. Um, what I vaguely glimpsed seemed like there is a, probably like a racing circuit, and the big race is going to be on this one planet, but also there's a like, military conquest going on, this giant like star destroyer kind of spaceship is going around trying to take over planets and they just so happen to be targeting the planet where this big race is going to happen and so those two things kind of come into conflict um close um <clears throat> so there's this big race going on it's like the and it, it's extremely popular um and the the place where they decide to hold the red line, which is the uh, like the the final championship that only happens like every four or five years, um, they decide to have it on Robo World, which is um, like a militaristic cyborg human um, world. Um, and I, I guess apparently they decide to have it in the military training grounds of okay. that, that, of Robo World's government. Mm. And the Robo World government really doesn't like that because it means that all their military secrets are going to be broadcast to the entire galaxy. Mm. So they want, they basically want to kill all the racers and, uh, like stop all their terrible secrets from getting out. Okay. And also, there's implications of, like, an interplanetary war that just happened. And by implications, I mean that, like, one of the first lines 
<laughs> in the movie is like, well, after two interplanetary wars, uh, it's it's surprising we're still here to do all this mm. or something like that. Because uh, like there, there's there's this layer of of like the the personal goals of these racers. It's like I want to win the red line. I want to win this racing championship because it's the thing I want to do. And then there's this background element of like oh there's there's these huge destructive wars happening in the background and Robo World is probably in the middle of it and they're they're doing war crimes by making bioweapons. Mm. Um and they they don't they don't want to get on the bad side of the other governments to start another war. <laughs> Yeah, they don't want anyone to know about the giant murder baby that's living underground. Funky boy, the funkiest boy. Yeah. He's a giant. He's a giant lumpy SpongeBob that shoots huge lasers from his face. Yeah. <sighs> the funky boy. Uh, yeah. So, like, sweet JP. Who is uh, our main character? Who it, it, he's like very classic, cool, like leather jacket, pompadour. Um, yeah, I can wears a lot of jewelry. Kinda looking guy. Yeah, he he is space dandy, except he except nothing. He is he's just space dandy. Mm. Um, like we need to watch Space Dandy. Okay, is that a movie or like, a show or? It, it's a it's a show. It's by the same people who did Cowboy Bebop. Oh, okay. except it's a except it's a lot sillier than Cowboy Bebop. Okay, except except the few episodes where where it's not sillier than Cowboy Bebop. Uh, it, it's it is intentionally inconsistent. Um, okay, we'll find out when we watch it. We don't have to do it this week. I'd rather do something easy like you wanted to do last week with Lord of the Rings mm. because that is I could use a little of that <laughs> right now to be honest. Um yeah, no we'll go over the list, but yeah, I see a few I think Lord of the, that look fairly easy. <clears throat> Lord of the Lord of the Rings to me is easy yeah. because it, it it's it's a big fantasy epic you can get lost in. Mm. Um, well, I also thought of another one we could do, uh, the Mummy Trilogy and the first Scorpion King. Oh. Could be fun. I, I do, I do love that one. That, that, that's a good one too. Yeah, like I think I, of those, I've seen the first two. I haven't seen the Dragon Emperor Mummy movie yet. And then I've seen like all the Scorpion Kings, although only the first one's worth watching. Yeah. I... Like the the mummy that came out like three years ago. Oh um, no, we're not gonna watch Tom Cruise's The Mummy. Okay, it's good. Dog shit movie <laughs> because it where he kisses a woman to death. <laughs> that is that is terrible. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> no, no, the the Brendan okay. Fraser uh, Mummy one, two, and three. Okay, good. I like I like I like the third one. That is very stupid, hmm. but also very cool. And I'm pretty sure Jet Li's in it. I think he's the mummy. Hmm. 
Um, but we were talking. Uh, we, were we were talking, talking about, about Redline red and Space Dandy. <laughs> came up. Um, Space Dandy is like he he looks exactly like JP from Redline, and uh, he has the exact same hair, the exact same body type, and he is voiced by Ian Sinclair, hmm. who, who voices JP. And Whis from um, Dragon Ball Super. Mm. Um, I don't know what I could say about Redline. Like, it's the kind of thing you have to watch. Yeah. It's... It is crazy spectacle. Um, But... Like, okay, like, usually... Usually in animation, like... There's a, like, there are two extremes, right? Like, there's, there's very, like, basic character design that's easy to animate, and there's very detailed character design that is hard to animate, um, and usually whenever there's a show or movie, they, they pick one, right? They're like, this is very detailed stuff that doesn't move that much, or this is very, like, flat like like this is very like flat looking but it's easy to animate because there's less details mm. that you have to draw it like on every keyframe like it might not look quite as good but it will still look good in motion mm. but in redline they just threw they just threw those away and decided to make something that is very detailed and very animated mm. which is ridiculous and expensive and almost bankrupted madhouse studios <laughs> um which made it um and i respect the hell out of it even if it was a horrible flop that lost so much money mm. um it's a passion project and it's very obvious because like how just, just the character designs by themselves are ridiculously beautiful to to look at mm. or either beautiful or ugly which i i think uh, the the way that they're ugly is beautiful in and of themselves like it, mm. oh yeah they, they put a lot of work into making them that ugly yeah like like the 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 mob guy who who's just like constantly brushing drugs on his gums um like that is disgusting but i love watching every second of it Mm. (laughs) because like the lines on his face are are like like the look in his eye is so repulsive but it's it's amazing at the same time Mm. like i i it is impossible to explain (laughs) like you just gotta watch it Mm. it used to be like redline used to be free on youtube i don't know if it still is like at least in the u.s but if it is like everybody fucking watch it mm. like it, it's it's like an hour and a half or whatever <laughs> um of like some of the most beautiful animation you will ever see yeah, and you have the plot summary from us at this point so you don't need to wonder what's going on oh yeah there's a there's a giant intergalactic war thing but also there's a race that has to go on so people People sabotage um, cyborg Donald Trump's um, weapons of mass destruction so they can have a race. Mm. 
Also, there's apparently like a magical girl planet. Yeah. <laughs> with with the super pink magic. Mm. <laughs> and, and like all their technology is focused around boobs. <laughs> yeah, like, so that was the ones that were piloting their like Pacific Rim 2 pilots mecha robot, except the pilots sit in the boobs. Um, oh yeah, you, you're talking about um, the Super Bowie. Yes. Yeah. Which is a boob joke. (laughs) Everything about these ladies revolves Mm. around boobs. (laughs) It's like apparently they have like a magical princess who can, who can like do Mm. magic through space. Um, and like all, every woman on this planet is apparently can do magic. But also, they make a they make a mech car that they can pilot mm. with the boobs. Um, I <laughs> it's so fucking stupid, but it, it's it's creative and I love it. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, the movie it's more visual than writing, so the yeah. writing just does what it needs to do to justify the visuals that they wanted to do. And like the. The characters don't get a lot of screen time, but what screen time they do get, they have so much personality that it, it like, I, I want to see more out of every single character, but I know we never mm. will. Um, but, like, Miki and Todoroki are, like, the, these weird, like, gremlin people. <laughs> and, and like, they're, they're other racers. They, they get, like, maybe two or three minutes of screen time total. But it's like in the interviews before the race, um, like they they're just sitting still, not saying anything. One of them starts like unpeeling a banana, and then all of a sudden they just scream out like, "Gory Rider, you motherfucker!" <laughs> so, so they're the most believable the, characters in the whole thing. Yeah, and then and then like during during the race, like one of them's like. Oh, Mickey, you're the man. It's like, I know it! I know it! Like, while he's slapping his leg. Like, it, it's... <laughs> there's... It's fucking... Oh. And then Gory Ryder is a gorilla cop who apparently loves a human woman. Mm. Um, like, oh. oh, and... um, There's like, what? Lynch Man and Johnny Boy? It's like I, I guess it's trying to is like a Batman and Robin, mm. <laughs> except they're they're like weird and maybe evil. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. Yeah, there's so much personality with with so little screen time. Like it's hard to even explain this movie. Like it's just it's just like a train that's just constantly moving and getting faster. Mm. It's like like you either you either get hit by it um, or you're on the ride the whole time. Mm. Um, yeah, I'll praise Funky Boy, the the new mascot of this podcast. Mm, yeah. Okay, so that's that's the title card. I'll praise Funky yeah. Boy. <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't remember the... Got the giant screaming monster baby thing. Yeah. Oh, and and. Colonel Voltron or whatever his name name was turned into a giant 
monster to fight Funky Boy. Mm. And, like, that's never even resolved. Mm. <laughs> it's like they, they just... They just don't show the fight. Yeah, no, the fight was just something that happened that got in the way of the race. The race that he wins because his pompadour is so big and it crosses the line first. Yeah, he wins by a hair. Yep, like straight um, out of a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yep. Like... like <laughs> Like they 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 pop the um the the platinum nitro or whatever they call it, um, and that their car can't handle it, so their car explodes, um, and they just like pop out of the car, like like but but they're fine, they're like floating in the air because love, I guess. Mm. <laughs> uh, none of this makes any sense, but in context, it's still doesn't make too much sense but you can understand what's happening mostly yeah no it's it's one of those things that you just watch it for the visuals yeah it's a it's a fucking trip <clears throat> yeah like rent it um rent it for a few bucks on like any any I don't know, like YouTube or or like maybe even Amazon. Amazon pro- it probably has it. Mm. Like you know, rent it for a few bucks on some kind of video on demand streaming service, um, and then if you like it, buy a Blu-ray because it's fucking beautiful and it deserves to to be watched on a Blu-ray. Mm. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> hmm. I'm trying to think if there's anything else like, I watched this week. Oh, was it? Was there any particular part of Dragon Ball Z abridged that uh, that you liked? Because, like, I I know you kind of only watched it to be familiar with Dragon yeah, Ball. Yeah, and I've only watched you... it once, and it usually takes like a few viewings for specific jokes to stick in my brain. Yeah, there's a lot of running jokes um, <laughs> that you'll only get, like, like Frieza's whole thing where, like, he remembers heroic heroic lines that people talk to him because he's, like, killed so many, like, villages or mm. whatever. And then, like, 15 episodes later, he meets Goku, and Goku says, I'm a Deku in the schnoz. <laughs> <laughs> and then Frieza's like, that's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> Hi Freezer, I'm a Deku in the Schnauz. Yeah, I do remember he keeps calling him Freezer as a running thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like like, hey, are you Freezer? I'm Lord Frieza, yes. I'm a Deku in the Schnauz. Yeah. yeah. And then Goku so- keeps saying something stupid and Fre- Freezer's like How do you function? <laughs> Oh, and there's one time where he just opens his mouth and there's like a, like a creaking sound. Mm. (laughs) Dragon Ball Z abridged is awesome. Like there's, there's a handful of jokes that are not cool. Mostly the Vegeta ones. Yeah. 
Although, I mean, I guess, like, like, Vegeta being, like, a homophobic bro guy, that's, I mean, that, that's, yeah. he's not a good person, so, they're not really celebrating that behavior, like, he's just, he's a dick, that's, that's who he is as a character. Like, to, to me, it's fine when, like, like, the, the, the part that comes to mind is, like, he calls Android 18 a cunt, and then immediately after, she breaks his arm. Yeah. To me, that's funny, yeah. right? Because he he did something bad, and then he got yeah. he got immediately punished yeah, for he's, it. Yeah, he's the shitty dude character. He, yeah, yeah. But like, what's what's less funny is like the the Zarbon stuff, where like like the, there's there's so many jokes about Zarbon being gay, um, because he's he's like a a real effeminate character design, mm-hmm. um. But also, like it turns out that he's not gay, and that's the joke. But also, every every everybody treats him like he is. So like the the homophobic jokes, like right before Vegeta like actually kills him, mm. it like feels bad. Um, and because like I said, like when when he does when he says shit like that, and then immediately gets punished, it feels okay. Mm. But when he says shit like that, and he kills somebody else, it it feels it feels yeah. Bad. And that I mean, like part of it's it was that era that like gay as yeah, a pejorative I, was yeah, the, all over the place in the late two thousands, early twenty tens. But <clears throat> yeah, yeah, like you, you could tell, like by the time the Cell Saga came around, like they were they were better about yeah. it. I mean, yeah, because, um, like, like, the early stuff, you know, you could kind of feel that, like, nostalgia critic era um, in the, yeah. the style of humor. Of just, like, saying, like, gross and insulting things because it's funny. Yeah, like, like, haha, Krillin says Bama can't drive because she's a woman. Haha, Bama says Krillin can't drive because he's yeah. Asian. Like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um,. <laughs> Uh, like yeah, let, let's let's move through this part right now <laughs> to get to the good mm. stuff. But like, have, like after the Zarbon stuff, it gets a lot. It happens a lot less than um, like once they get to Cell. It's like the the writing like like once Cell shows up, the writing gets so tight that I mean they they don't even have room for jokes like that mm. anymore. Or if they do, they're kind of. It's kind of the opposite, mm. <laughs> where where, like it's it's weirdly cool about it, mm. like, um, like in the in the the DBZ Kai abridged where um, like they they're just going through the whole season in like five minutes. It's like Cell Cell shows up, <laughs> like he he attains his perfect form. He's like, later breeders, I'm gonna go. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go start my own tournament. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's not cool. Then it's then it gets cool. Mm. I guess is what I'm trying mm. to say. But like, yeah, some of it's dated. Most of it isn't. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, I was trying to remember. Also the. <clears throat> The the go for ten joke. Uh, 
is mm. funny. Where Chi Chi is like Chi Chi and Goku are fucking like constantly on the week before he fights Cell because she she wants to have another baby, and Goku's like, oh, she keeps she keeps saying we should try to break our record. We should go for ten, <laughs> and then the the kid that she has um the kid that she has after after Cell dies is named Goten. Okay, that's the okay. joke. <laughs> They have a they have a son named Goten. Hmm. Uh, um. Also, but I I think the joke that made me laugh the most was when um. Goku gets back after after Namek, and Trunks shows up. Future Trunks shows up, and he turns into a Super Saiyan and. Goku's like, whoa, how'd you make your hair go blonde? He's like, your hair is blonde too. <gasps> it is! <laughs> that, that that just fucking got hmm. me. It's like, how would he know? Yeah, nobody has mirrors in this like, show. Yeah, like he can't, he can't see his own hair. <laughs> Transforms like he doesn't even know. It turns gold. I, I don't know. Stupid shit like that always gets me. Like, like shit... Shit, I feel like I shouldn't, like, shit I would never think of, but seems so obvious, um, that when it's pointed out, I just can't help but laugh. Hmm. Uh, Alright. <laughs> I, th- I think we're done with that. Like, th- we're done with me explaining jokes. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to remember if there's anything else. I mean, I think, I think last time I hadn't finished watching Super, and now... I have. I mean, I've only watched the Tournament of Power arc, but I did finish that arc. And I yeah. think that was after I, the last I've, I've heard that the rest of Super is not great, so like the Tournament of Power is probably the best part you could watch. Mm. Yeah, I mean, well, from what I read about the stuff before the Tournament of Power, it's like redoing some of the movies to put them into the canon. Yeah, I I know there is uh there's the God of Destruction movie and there's the Freezer Re- Resurrection F movie. Um and those were part of those were like the first parts of Super. Um and then I know there was an arc where the main villain was a Kai who was like a, a like a god. Hmm. Um, who like merges with an alternate version of Goku? That's evil. Mm. So there's 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 like an evil Goku named Goku Black. Okay, yeah, I think I've seen <laughs> pictures of that. Yeah, and there there's so there's that whole arc, mm. which I don't know much about. Um. So there's. There's something before the tournament of power, but I don't know, that doesn't really interest me. It just seems like a, another like Dragon Ball Z arc. It's like, oh, there's a villain. We've got to fight him and get powerful enough to beat mm. him. Yeah, yeah, and that you know, having seen all of Z abridged, it it is kind of weird trying to think about like the you know, because it's like a villain of the week kind of approach to storytelling in the way the arcs are broken up. But just 
you know, the, because, like, the progression of Z, I guess, is the Saiyans show up with first Raditz and then Vegeta, so those are the villains, and then Frieza shows up and he's, like, the guy who's ordering the Saiyans around, so, you know, going up the villain ladder, I guess, and then, was it the androids after that? Yeah, because yeah. then, then Vegeta's son from the future comes back and he's like, hey, by the way, there's these androids, and they just wrecked everyone. Um, so then they fight, you know, the 17 and 18. Uh, and then uh, Android 16 shows up, but at least in Z... Like, I don't know what he did in the real show, because in Z Abridged, he's mostly just... He wants to fight Goku, and Goku's not around, so he doesn't do much. Yeah. He... Like, I I think, like, he's just there to signify that, like, this future is different from Chunk's future. Okay. Because, oh, there, there's there's even another android, mm. so the stakes are even higher. Mm. Um, but he, he really doesn't do anything aside from, like, fight Cell that one time. Yeah. Um, and then, like, inspire Gohan <laughs> to, to become even more powerful mm. which is weird because gohan doesn't know <laughs> doesn't know android 16 yeah yeah so we've got those three androids and they fight them for a while but they don't you know destroy them in the way that they do some of the other villains and then cell shows up and he's like the final ultimate android who just keeps getting stronger as he absorbs things and and that's yeah like the ultimate final battle not counting all the boo stuff, so yeah. See the the thing with the android saga is that like the 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 fat android and Doctor Juro were like supposed to be the actual villains, hmm. um, but then I I guess the editors didn't like that. They were like, okay, the the readers aren't gonna like like this this big china doll and this old man as the villain. Mm. So then they were like, oh, okay, here here are these, like, rebellious teenager androids. And then I guess the editors didn't like that either. Mm. So, that, yeah, they had to make another muscle guy to fight the muscle yeah. guys. Yeah. Except they made him a bug that turns into a muscle guy. Right. Self-design is awesome, by the way. Mm. Like he, yeah, like like the design is cool. It just it feels weird how, like, like I guess the first half, first two thirds of the arc is focused on these like threats from space. That it's you know Goku's people from space, and then the alien overlord of those people from space, and then the other half is uh well, there's some androids and uh, some time travel stuff. Yeah. Um. So it doesn't feel as cohesive as like an overall arc. It feels like it's kind of split into battling the Frieza Force and then the Android time travel stuff. Yeah, like I, I, uh, I, I like Cell as like a final villain in Dragon Ball Z because like he is literally made up of like all the main characters. Mm. So it's like. Like oh to to beat cell we have to beat ourselves <laughs> mm. basically um like he he's 
he's arrogant like um you know like he's arrogant like vegeta um and sometimes goku um goku depends on like it goku and vegeta make very stupid decisions in dragon ball just so like they can fight stronger people Mm. um and i think that that's the point of cell is that like like they have they have to fuck up (laughs) so bad like in order for cell to get as powerful as he does right like Mm. Th- th- that's the whole point um like he he's he's a combination of like all of the main characters and every villain they faced up to this point mm. um and gohan beats them all so yeah yeah but yeah it, it is weird how uh, like every dragon ball z villain is like this unspeakable thing from outer space that is just so much more powerful than anything we've ever faced. And then yeah. it's like, oh, Dr. Giroux made these super powerful androids <laughs> back on yeah, Earth. Yeah, he made like some, the- some, some androids that were even stronger than all the aliens. And then he made another that was just so good at learning that it learned everything and became the perfect life form. Yeah. I mean, like, all, all the most powerful fighters... Um, in their universe come from earth so or or have or have like lived on earth except for frieza mm. <laughs> yeah. like vegeta's yeah, not so i guess after that is then there's a, the evil ancient pink bubblegum man and then well okay so after z is it gt or is super uh well after z is gt but GT isn't canon. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's a whole thing. Just ignore Dragon Ball GT. Okay. Uh, it's a weird thing that happened, and everybody hates it. <laughs> okay. So, it is very easy to ignore. Okay. Um, so, ignore GT, and then... Okay, yeah. And so, then, the, so, I guess Dark Goku was the next new threat of the arc, I guess, after those two movie recap ones. Yeah, Cause like there, there's Beerus, who is like not really a villain per se. Okay. Yeah, I mean, um, he was involved in the tournament thing. Tournament yeah. power. Like Super he he was going to destroy the Earth, but like he he doesn't, so it's cool. Oh. Mm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then Freezer Freezer comes back. Um, oh yeah, I guess Freezer also involved Cooler, so that was like stage two of the frieza yeah cooler cooler is a movie villain so he's not technically canon either the the movies basically take place in like an alternate universe where things happen differently but the the timeline somehow it's not important yeah it's like the pokemon (laughs) movies yeah don't care about i mean yeah like they kind of fit with the show but not really yeah it's like here, here's a reference point like yeah. Dragon Ball Z goes in a straight line and then occasionally we just break off to to do a movie villain and that's how that works yeah actually that might be what's confusing my brain a lot too is that you know when I think of things I've heard about Dragon Ball and these major villains I assume that they're all parts of 
combat story arcs that happened throughout the show, but a lot of them were just either in multiple movies or in one movie, um, but weren't yeah. part of the show narrative, which was Vegeta, Frieza, uh, Androids, Cell, Boo. And yeah, basically. That's it, yeah. Yeah, like, Cooler and Broly are popular. Um, they're, they're like the most popular movie villains. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Like, if you've heard of two Dragon Ball Z villains um, that aren't from the actual show, it's probably those two. Mm. Um, and... Yeah, and like like even in Dragon Ball Z Bridge, like Frieza men- mentions Cooler uh, because mm. of of course, um, mm. but also it I I don't think any of the movies actually work timeline wise. Mm. So like like they're like mutually exclusive with the actual show. Okay, like the the first one Dead Zone, I I, I think is meant to be like in in alternate version of the first episode of the show where like Goku brings Gohan to meet all his old friends. No. Um, so like instead of getting kidnapped by Raditz, he gets kidnapped by Garlic Jr. and his, uh, his minions, I guess. So the movies are kind of like the MCU movies are to the comics where they might be adapting a famous storyline, but they do it differently. Um, well, most of them are just original stories that branch off from um, the the main story. Like the Dead Zone specifically is just like an alternate version of the the first episode where, okay. like, oh, Gohan gets kidnapped and then Goku and Piccolo have to to team up to beat this new villain mm. because that that happens in both both stories, right? Yeah, well, I don't know because like Super Broly is kind of a remake, re-adaptation yeah. of the Broly movie ones. Yeah, it, it's a it's a complete, like, retell. Like, I don't think anything about um, Paragus or Broly is really that similar. Mm. Aside from... Aside from Broly, like... Like, the basic origin story. Yeah, like, fly, like, aside from Broly, like, being too powerful and King Vegeta wanting to kill him... Mm. Like, for being, like, this super, super strong Saiyan. And Broly um, hating Kakarot because he cried as a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch that Zia Bridged episode, and she just keeps saying, it's like, wow, he's so cool, that's so stupid. Yeah, I, I love that line from Vegeta. He's so cool, but that is so stupid. Like, he, he just can't. Mm. Vegeta's like frozen in place he can't even fight Broly because he's trying to reconcile like yeah. how cool uh, Broly is like as a concept with how stupid his origin story is yeah it's like <laughs> wait 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 so my dad killed uh his, his well not just dad he killed like exiled him or whatever was going to kill him tried to kill him like stabbed him but the knife bounced off um it's like oh so my dad tried to kill him but he doesn't hate me he hates Kakarot because Kakarot Cried as a baby next to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I love I love the the Broly Abridged movie. Mm. That 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 might be their best one. 
and and like the the weird the weird um masochistic aliens <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> I like how just mentioning it made us bust out in laughter. Ugh. No, it's one of those things that, I mean, just explaining it wouldn't be as funny as just watching it. Yeah, everyone watch, look up DBZA Broly on YouTube and just watch it. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's just one episode about that movie. Yeah, it's like 20 minutes long or something. Um, probably like fifteen twenty minutes, probably. Yeah, uh, it's great. <laughs> it's great. Even if you don't know anything about Dragon Ball, just watch it. Yeah. It'll it'll be worth it. I can almost guarantee it. Um. Yeah. Mm, yeah. We're, we're up to two hours now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, what do you want? You, do you want to do um, the Mummy or Lord of the Rings? Because um, I. I, I was thinking Lord of the Rings because I, I started playing Shadow of War again because oh. I, I haven't I haven't tried it since um since yeah. the game oh, yeah, came yeah, out yeah. and they've they fixed all that shit where instead of doing like forty sieges at the end of the game to get the actual non ending <laughs> um you only have to do like eight. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, if I was still playing my Xbox I would try it again. Um, yeah. yeah, no, yeah, we can do Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I mean, if you want to do the Mummy this week, we can do that. Nah, I mean, it but... was just, it was a thing that popped in, and so when I looked up the list to see, like, okay, what's fun? Because Lord of the Rings is fun, but also, I mean, it has heavy moments, but it's not bleak heavy. It's just very, emotional. It's very, it's very Hollywood heavy, where it, yeah. it, it's like, oh, these people go through some things. Uh, a few of them die, but most of them are are fine. They get on with their life afterwards. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But then, yeah. So I looked up the list to see. Okay, what other fun things do we have? And yeah, there's the Mummy trilogy is fun. The Dark Knight trilogy, <clears throat> the Pirates of the Caribbean, Quintilogy, um, Indiana Jones, are yeah, oh, yeah also fun options. But yeah, no, yeah, we can do Lord of the Rings this time. Lord of the Rings and the DBZA movies. Um, okay. That that sounds like a good good amount of time because that, that's like what eight hours for the yeah, regular like three version. Three hours per Lord. Yeah, two to three hours per each Lord of the Rings movie. Yeah, like I, like I, I think like like just the just the original like the theatrical versions would be like eight hours altogether. I think it's like ten hours yeah. for the. The extended cuts. Yeah, and I might watch the extended. I'm not sure. I'm I'm gonna watch the theatrical because that's the only ones I I can <laughs> without paying any money. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I so, still yeah. have the DVDs of the extended, and yeah, yeah. So yeah, and like the the DPZA movies are probably about three or four hours altogether, just off the top of my head. Hmm. Probably about three hours. Okay. So yeah, that that's significantly less than, <laughs> than we watched last time. Mm. So, um, so yeah, that sounds like fun. Yep. And since we're recording on a Sunday, once we're done, I'm going to be heading out to see if anybody was at the game store to play Commander today. 
and hopefully trying out. I mean, I've I've tried them all, but um, haven't tried them at the the game shop. I've been making a lot of proxy decks lately. Yeah, I think I talked about the Zelda, uh, like Link proxy deck. Yeah, probably at some point. Um, yeah, the the cards I got to update and make that deck actually work better um, arrived. So I've got that. I've got a Star Fox deck that I've tried out a few times and it works pretty well. And I've got a Jab of the Hut deck that I thought was a silly low power deck, despite hearing that the commander is really strong. And then I tried it out and realized, oh yeah, this guy is busted. Because, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, I made Jab of the Hut be Tassiger the Golden Fang, who is a, um, he costs four and a black. But you can also delve, which means you can exile cards from your graveyard to pay part of the casting cost. So a lot of the time you can just cast him for one mana. Um, <laughs> he's a 4-5 creature, and he also has the ability to pay two and either a blue and a green, either blue or green and blue or green. So it's four mana, two of which has to be blue or green. To mill your top two cards into the graveyard, and then you let an opponent pick a non-land and give it back to you. Which sounds like, okay, yeah, this is kind of weird, kind of silly. Like, sure, I'll uh, build this deck of, like, Jabba and some creatures and stuff and uh, mill them into the graveyard and have people give them back to me. Um, but then, since I was looking up stuff about Tasker, like, yeah, he goes infinite if you have infinite mana. I'm like, okay. So I, I put in an infinite mana combo. And when I managed to pull it off, I realized, oh, you can just do that trigger over and over and over until you mill your entire deck into your graveyard and then make your opponents give you back all the non-lands and then you cast them with all your infinite mana. <laughs> so it's just cool. It's like, I'm going to dump my whole deck in my graveyard uh, and then I'm just going to keep paying until you give me every single card back and then I'm going to play this Tormina Hailfire for X equals 1 million. Everybody's going to lose 3 life a million times. Oh uh, god. <laughs> that that reminds me of a Yu-Gi-Oh meme I've seen recently where he he just keeps drawing cards for no reason and then he he just plays Exodia. <laughs> Kai was like Kai was like it's my turn you you can like 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 Exodia obliterate. <laughs> Are, yeah. are you happy with yourself? You get to be Yugi. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I figure that deck, if I play it, will be... Once I've done the combo, they're not going to let me play it anymore, so that'll be the end of that. And they're definitely <laughs> not going to let me play it after I get the cards that I ordered to update it, um, because I'm putting a lot more stuff in to let me just like play a card and get a thing from my graveyard back to my hand. So if the win con falls into the graveyard early, or... If part of... I'm adding a second infinite mana combo. If part of the combo is in the graveyard... <laughs> because the first one isn't enough. Yeah. <coughs> uh, Jade, you're yeah. evil. Yeah, I mean, the first one is Isochron Scepter Dramatic Reversal, which is... Isochron Scepter is an artifact that you can exile uh, a one or two drop instant or sorcery uh, imprinted on the card, and then you pay two tap the scepter to cast that card that you imprinted on it. Dramatic Reversal is a two-drop instant that, uh, or might be a sorcery, I'm not sure, um, that untaps all your non-land permanents, which includes the Isochron Scepter. So as long as you have enough 
non-land mana sources like mana dorks or mana rocks on the field. You pay two of those to pay the Isochron Scepter to Dramatic Reversal, untapping your mana rocks and your mana dorks and your Isochron Scepter, and you just do that over and over until you get all the mana you need. Um, the one I'm adding is Bloom Tender, who taps for uh, one of each color that you have on your board, um, which would be green, black, and blue. I would probably have all three out by the time I play it, especially because the thing that goes with it is this card called Freed from the Real, which is an enchantment that you equip to it that makes so you can pay a blue to tap your tap that creature and pay a blue to untap that creature. So I tap it for green, black, blue, pay blue to untap, tap it for green, black, blue, pay blue to untap, and I get infinite green and black. And and then I just you know dump out my deck and kill everyone again. Um so yeah, so that deck is mean, but I'm getting another deck based on Animal Crossing that is a group hug deck that, <laughs> I mean, it, I think the only card I put in there that's intending to do damage to people is um, Mr. Rossetti. I put him as Mogus, God of Slaughter, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> when the opponent draws a card, they take two damage. No, no, no. No, it's like any any time an opponent at the start of each opponent's turn, they either take two damage or sacrifice a creature. So, yeah, so, so here's, here's my Animal Crossing deck. I play I play Mogu, God of Slaughter or whatever you said. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, because Mr. Rossetti is the mole who pops out of the ground and screams at you for like five minutes straight if you <clears throat> shut off your game without saving. Oh, so th- does he does he deal two damage to you? Psychic damage, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. <laughs> yeah, no, they they took him out of New Horizon, or they didn't put him in New Horizons because of the years of children complaining that they were traumatized from having Mr. Rossetti shout at them for not saving their game. <sighs> children need it. Ch- children need to just grow up. Mm. <laughs> You're going to have people shouting at you one way or another. Mm. You can't walk down the street without having somebody shout at you. Yeah, well... Usually it's yeah. for jaywalking. Yeah, I don't know how much shouting they do in Japan. but um, Probably not a lot. But, but yeah. Now, the rest <laughs> of the deck is, like, things that let people draw more cards and things that let people get more mana... And if the deck goes correctly, I win with the card Happily Ever After, which is where I need to have Aww. one of each color on the board and one of each card type either on the board or in the graveyard, and more life than my starting total. That's a that's a good win condition if I've ever heard of one. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, no, we've gone past time now, so... Um, yeah. Do we have an outro? All hail Funky Boy. Yeah, all hail Funky Boy. All hail Funky Boy. Merry, meaty Gorfmas. (laughs) Yeah. Gorfmas in July. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. That that was what I was thinking of. Hmm. Okay, bye. That's the worst way to end a podcast. (laughs)